Hello, this is Tony Bereni, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast series, What Leaders Say. And that's exactly what we this podcast series is all about. It's about sharing wisdom. It's about sharing secret, secret sauces, whatever it might be. Um, today we have the honor of being with Mr. Paul Campbell. And just to give you a brief intro about Paul, Paul uh, retired from Alcoa in Charleston, South Carolina, Goose Creek, Mount Holly, in 2007 after being the plant manager, general manager. And then he went on to be elected as a state senator in 2007. And here as of late, uh, the last couple of years, he has been, he's had the distinct honor of basically being the head of the Charleston uh, Aviation Authority, uh, which is, we all know, has just gone through a $200 million expansion. And everybody in Charleston or those traveling to Charleston uh, are lucky enough to be able to enjoy what has been created here of late. But with no further ado, what I'd like to do is just kind of turn it over to Paul and let Paul share some of his words of wisdom, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, Tony, it's, it's a pleasure to be with you and talk about leadership, because really leadership is how you make things happen. And you can't wait for things to happen. you got to make things happen. Uh, you know, and I, I, I believe in leadership, and, and I believe in managers. You got to have good managers, but you got to have good leaders to take them where they're going. You know, the the differences in managers and leaders that get, get well, Warren Bennett said a long time ago. Uh, you know, managers do things right, but leaders do the right thing. <laughs> that is so important. Yeah, and so you know, you can you can manage you can manufacture buggy whips really well, but when the automobile industry is coming along, you can go out of business by doing it really well. So you got to do it, do things right. You got to do the right thing. And that's, that's what life's all about. It's about being up front, making sure you've got a vision, looking, you know, not just one year, but two and three and four and five years down the road. At the airport now, we're looking probably 15 years down the road because we know finishing this $200 million expansion, we know we're probably on the short side. Even before we get it open, we're probably too small. We're already looking at the new parking deck. We're looking at uh, additional expansion in the ticket lobby downstairs. Uh, we were looking at potentially a, a, a new concourse probably in 2020, 21, 22. So you got to always be thinking ahead. Where are you going? And it's like when I was at Alcoa. You know, uh, I became a regional president with Alcoa back, uh, I guess, 2001. I had plants in four states to begin with, picked up a, another plant in Maryland. I had plants in Indiana, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, and became a quasi-plant manager at the one in, in Maryland. So it was about a two billion dollar business, and so it was a it was a challenge because all of a sudden I go from running a plant, manufacturing a product, to where I'm a corporate person coming in and demanding things get done, and and looking at it from a different direction, and, and working with the fellows that I had been working with as plant managers. So it it's a little bit of a challenge, but it works well because it, everything's built on trust. If people trust you, they'll bust their tail for you. If they don't trust you. That way do you leave, you know. So, uh, so basically, I've, I've learned a whole lot of my time. And part of it has been things I did wrong. You know, my daddy told me a long time ago, learn from mistakes. But he also told me that it's a lot less painful if you watch others and learn from their mistakes and you don't have to repeat them. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's some of the good things I learned. And I think I shared with you earlier some of my rules on, 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 on playing a game. And, you know, i got three rules on the uh, on on bridges. You know, the first one is don't burn the ones in front of you. And what I try to tell, especially the young people, be careful what you put on Facebook. Be careful what you put on uh, on YouTube. Uh, you're being recorded somewhere, like at this airport. We have 168 cameras. We're going to have 32 more. So you're being photographed no matter where you are. So do things right even when you think nobody's looking because probably people are looking. 
But, you know, don't burn the bridges in front of you. Do things right if nobody's looking. And the second rule is that rule of bridges is uh, don't burn the ones behind you. You know, if you move on in your career, if you change uh, jobs or, or new challenges, you're still going to need those people you worked with before. And you may want to go back one day like I did at Alcoa as a consultant when I left. So don't burn the ones behind you. And then the third rule of bridges is is uh, it's when things are going wrong, when, you, when people are demanding more, better, faster, when you got to get things done, uh, it's called the third rule of bridges, which is get over it. It's called life. If things run like they're supposed to, you can program them. Things don't always run like they're supposed to, so you got to be there to provide the leadership to make good things happen. So get over it and work with it and adapt, adapt to it and come up with a solution. And it's like on, the, on my rules on education, and we talked about that earlier. Primarily on education, what I tell people is, uh, you know, uh, education and intelligence are mutually exclusive. And I use this a lot with someone when I was I was president of two professional societies, and especially when I'd go into uh, uh, into some of the uh, uh, student chapters at some of the major universities, including MIT, which I think you said you graduated. But but primarily, what what that one means is, you know, you may have a PhD, an MS, or a BS in engineering, but if you're going to work with somebody, they got a PhD in that process. They can make you look good, or they can make you look bad. Go talk to that person, and appreciate their knowledge because they'll make you a success or they can make this thing fall down around you. So, you know, always education, intelligence, and mutually exclusive. I know several people that you probably know. Uh, one of them didn't have a high school education. Now he owns five businesses on a plantation. <laughs> he dropped out of school to help, put his, uh, help his family put the other kids into school. So uh, remember that one. And the second rule on education is you're not as smart as you think you are. You can always learn. Life is a you know lifelong process of learning. The good Lord gives you two ears, and he gives you two eyes, and he gives you one mouth. The mouth is 20%. So if you keep your eyes open and keep your ears open, listen and learn, you'll always find out you can do better, and you'll always find out a better way to do things. So, again, let that mouth be running 20% of the time. Yeah, so uh, I think that's important. And then, of course, the last rule on education is life is the best teacher, uh, if you can afford the tuition. And why I say that is we learn so much in the mistakes we made. That's the tuition, okay? Uh, a lot of times we make mistakes working for somebody else where they kind of pay for those mistakes, so it doesn't cost you that much. But but you always got to get better at what you do. Uh, you know, when I came up, with, when I first started the plant, the Mount Holly plant, I came up with a, a vision and a mission statement. And the, uh, the, uh, the, the mission statement was pretty simple. And you got to keep those things short. You got to keep where people can remember it. So I said, opportunities for employees, uh, our returns to owners, and quality to customers. And that's all it was, three things. People could learn it. They could know those three things. So quality to customers, returns to owners, and opportunities for employees. And if, you, if it doesn't meet all three, don't do it. If it meets just two, don't do it. And on the vision statement, was not as good as we can be, as we should be, or we will be. Because you've got to get better every day. Even Sasha Page a long time ago says, don't look back. They may be gaining. Your competition's as good as you are. You know, I've been at plants all over the world. And if you think we're good in the U.S., the Brazilians work just as hard as we do. The Chinese work just as hard as we do. The Indians work just as hard as we do. They're just as smart as we are. So you've got to make sure you do it better than they do it. So if you think you're better, you're going to get a comeuppance. So, uh, uh, so you've you got to be careful. As my mama said, when you, when you think you're going well, you're getting ready to get a dose of humanity, humility. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot of things we can always do better. And, and you know, life, life goes on. I mean, 
you got to be vulnerable. You got to let people know what you think. Don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to to put it on the line. And and, and let don't wait to you know a lot of people want to put their finger up and see which way which way the wind's blowing and go that direction. Sometimes we've got to go a different way than what the wind's blowing. And so don't be afraid to do that as a leader because that's very very important. And you know and and, and don't ever uh, you know people want you to be honest with them. You know that's exactly what you got to do. Uh, you know you got to listen to other people. You know, 20% of what we uh, communicate is a spoken language. 80% comes from body language and intent. Uh, so, you know, you can lie on the, on the spoken part, but you can't lie on the body language and intent. You can't fool uh, all the people all the time, as I think Ben Franklin said a long time ago. So, you know, they go, they're going to catch on pretty quick. So be honest and open with people, and they'll be honest and open with you. If they trust you, they don't even they not like you, they'll do what you want them to do. And the same goes for them. You, you don't want yes people around you, you know. You want folks to tell you what's on their mind. Not be afraid to speak up. If you're doing something dumb, you want them to tell you you're doing something dumb. That's the only way you get better. So, And you don't want to punish mistakes. You want people to take a chance. Uh, the only way you change the status quo is to do something different. If you do the things the same, the status quo is going to prevail, and you're never going to get better. If you do something different, there's a good chance it's going to fail. If it fails... That's okay. You just don't want to have continuous failures. But you want people to try new things. Get out there and gamble. You know, roll the dice uh, and try to do it better. Try to make it more efficient. Try to drive your costs down. Try to be as, as good as you possibly can at what you do. If you screw up, you've, you've, you've at least accomplished one thing. You've learned one thing that doesn't work. <laughs> well, that's true. And um, earlier you had mentioned that, and I thought that was really great, Is and you're one of the few people that has mentioned that in the series, is about embrace error you got to embrace error and i think so many people are afraid to make a mistake but again a mistake whatever i mean so therefore they're afraid to make a decision because there might be an error and the problem with that is that that's not necessarily good either no you're not moving forward that's right and you want to push the decision level down to the lowest possible level let those folks on the floor make that decision because and if you trust them they'll do a good job if you don't educate them and train them so they'll do more but the one thing you do if you make a mistake is you want to admit it. Admit it early. <laughs> you know, it, if you admit that mistake early, you, you can get out of that hole quicker. The old rule of holes is, you know, when you end one, quit digging. As long as you don't admit your mistake, you're still digging. And if you, people know that most times somebody knows you made a mistake. And if they know you made a mistake, then I'm going to trust you. I, I found a long time ago, as an engineer early on, I didn't do everything the best way I could do it, but I always admitted it. And, uh, and the folks that work with you, they'll appreciate that because they know you're honest. And if you're honest with them, they're going to be honest with you. No, and that's that. Yeah, and that, and that, um, repeatedly you've said trust. But what I'd like to do, and that's only because I've known you for 20 years, going back to the Alcoa days when I first met you and had the honor of working with all of your key people. Because again, your style of management was not micromanage. You basically empowered your people. Absolutely. And you were really good at that. And again, realized that there's certain things in your unique ability that you're supposed to be doing, delegate it to the other people and their unique ability skills and let them do. But you've repeatedly talked about trust and uh, earn people's trust and all that. But uh, what I'd like to say and bring out, and you may not be aware of this just because this is how you operate, part of the reason you had people's trust is because you genuinely cared. You, 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 know, you, you as a plant manager stood up for your people. You stood up for the plant. And even though the corporate may not like what you had to say, 
people at the plant knew that Paul Campbell was going <laughs> to do and say whatever he truly felt was genuinely what's best for the plant. Absolutely. I, I can remember that I did a, they did an interview for me one time, and the, the uh, local paper said, okay, I know this is a local reporter. He says, who do you work for? And I said, I got 600 bosses. <laughs> and he said, wait a minute, I thought you worked for somebody in Atlanta. I said, no, I work for the people here at the plant. If I get them the tools to do their work, my job's done. And that's what you really try to do. You support your people, you know. And, you, and, and if you have to make uh, corrections, you know, you, you do it positively. You don't do it negatively. You know, fair is not a person. Fair is an event. Correct the event. And, and positive, positive criticism, giving positive reinforcement, is how you correct issues. Uh, and, and that way people aren't afraid. They'll come tell you, that, hey, I, can, I, I think I could have done this better. And you say, well, let's figure this out. You know, Bennis also said, Warren Bennis is one of my heroes on leadership, but he says, you know, the, you, tell, you tell people what you want and why you want it. You don't tell them how you want it and when you want it. In most cases, I found that if you tell people when you want it, they'll actually do it faster than you can than you need it if you just tell them what you want and why you want it, and get out of the way. Let them figure out the how and the when, because they will do it better than you do it. You know, it, it, my daddy told me a long time ago, it doesn't cost any more to go first class. You just can't stay as long. <laughs> really, what he's saying when you do that, he's saying if you're not going to do something and do it right, don't do it. Even you may be the expert in, in a particular field or something, but if you're only going to put a half an effort into it, let somebody that doesn't know, maybe as much as you know, put 100% of the effort into it, and they'll surprise you, and they'll do it better than you can do it. You can't be everywhere at every time, every place when, you, when you're managing folks. And when they, one time when they, they, they said, uh, how can you run an airport and be a state senator? I said, well, I guess I've downsized because with Alcoa I had five plants. <laughs> I certainly wasn't underground all those five plants every day. But, but again, it's, it's, it gets back to make sure you got the right people and, and, and the positions you need them. You know, Jim Collins said a long time ago when he was talking about uh, uh, good to great and built to last, one of the things he said was put the right people on the bus and then figure out who's going to drive the bus. If you got the right people around you, you you'll have the right skills. And don't let them, don't shoehorn people in an organization. Shehorn the organization around your people and, and take care of the strengths and, and grow your people. You know, when somebody comes and recruits one of my per- people, I think it's great because I know the ones I've built that person up that's going to do a good job and has a chance to move on and make better themselves. But it also opens up an opportunity for me to raise another person up and let them do something. I think that's, yeah, and you've always been like that. You've always been, I look at a lot of people that work for you at Alcoa that have moved on from Alcoa that are doing very well. And again, I think that goes back to your leadership style of empowering your people, not trying to hold them back. Get out of their way. Empower them, get out of the way. Empower them, get out of the way, and say, you know, amen, you know, and basically become a cheerleader. That's what you do. You know, half of my job is really being a cheerleader because if you got good people, you don't have to micromanage them. If you got to micromanage somebody, one of the two of you is not needed. Okay, <laughs> I hope it's you or the other person. But you, but you know that's what. And people don't want to be micromanaged. People not, want the ability to uh, to pull the reins and do what they need to do uh, and go the direction they need to go. And that's what you have to do with them. No, that's true. I think uh, good people, again, they, they they you know tell me what you want. Don't tell me every little thing. Uh, just tell me what you want, and then it's the when and the why, and then you know. Why you you know and people like the why it's almost like you know there was this old story that goes back to of uh, somebody said hey I want you to break up this big crater or this big rock well the guy went on to say well the reason is is this is going to be the four corners for the church and that made all the difference oh, you got a reason you had a reason yeah 
And the why of yeah. why are we breaking up this rock? And yep. the reason is because it's the four corners. Well, that made all the difference mentally to that individual. And I thought, wow, that's really a great pr- So because sometimes people need to know instead of just I, it, because I told you so, it's the old thing about, you know, the, the reason or the why or whatever. And that it also shows that you genuinely care that you are going to take the time to explain to that person why you want it done. You got it. And that's part of the tr- where you then build your trust issue that you have kept repeatedly mentioned, which is so, so key, especially in today's world. Yeah. Do you, uh, you know what ball spell backwards is? It's double S-O-B. You, you don't want to be the boss. You want to let right. other people control where they're going and where they're headed. You know, if you, if you got to tell somebody the boss, you're really not. Okay, okay if you got to say it, I and mean, it should go without saying. If you're the leader, they're going to do what they what they think they should do because they trust you. If you got to be the boss, they don't trust you. If you got to give them direction and tell them, you know, crack the whip, it's not going to work. So I always tell people. Uh, ball spelled backwards is double S O B, and I don't want to be a double S O B. No, no, you <laughs> no, you don't want to no, and you never were. Again, you you were always again going back twenty years ago at Alcoa, twenty five years ago, nineteen ninety one. Uh, you know, in the early years, you were always kind of people knew your name, but you really weren't forefront. You let your people do their jobs. You you know you were kind of the old, you know very seldom seen, if you will. Uh, but you, you again, people like that about you, and that you were doing other things that you should be doing to ensure that that plant was, you know, and and that's the only way you grow talent, right? To grow talent, you got to let them try new things, and you got to make sure they don't fear failure. That you're gonna jump on them about something, and, and let them grow. Give them give them the resources to do whatever training they have to have, whether it be formal education, whether it be going to a conference somewhere, whether it be reading a book. I always found one of the things that it may sound hokey, but one of the things I liked to do when I was, was at, at, at the aluminum plant was if I found a good book, like On Becoming a Leader by Warren Bennis, I'd give it to the, my managers, my superintendents, and I'd say, read this book. But I don't want you just to read the book. I want you to give me a book report. Now, these, these are adults. <laughs> and so I want you to tell me uh, the things that you get out of this book that, are, that apply to this plant. What should we start doing, stop doing, and keep doing? And break it down that way. And so they would give me a write-up, and I would bind it together, and I'd pass it around to all the managers and superintendents. And, and we learned a lot of good things out of that. We, we, we picked up some things. For instance, we started peer review. That came out of some of the stuff that we went to, some of the conferences and the books we read. Peer review means that you got enough faith and confidence in your people. That we, we would let, uh, on a peer panel, you've got three peers, and you've got two managers. And we would let people peer review, even a termination. But if somebody thought they were being mistreated, uh, you call a peer panel together. Now, we had to train the peer panels because you had confidentiality and all this kind of stuff, but but we would even let a peer review on a termination go. If if you could convince through your peers that you were mistreated and that what, you, what was done to you was not right uh, and they voted for you, then you could keep your job because it was a three-to-two vote. And so we just let everything go. If you thought you were getting, getting all the rotten assignments and somebody else was getting the good assignments, throw a peer panel together, make your case. And we had our human resource people Help the peer panel, put the peer panelists together, work with you, work with the employee, actually as, a, as an agent against management. Uh, but that way, you, you, again, you put people's trust. And what you've got, too, is you got some people that complain about all this stuff, and the other employees would tell them, hey, get your peer panel. I'm tired of hearing you complain and, and gripe about this. Go get your peer panel and put it together, and, and, and let's, let's get over this. So uh, it works out very well. I mean, it's... Uh, it's just trusting people. Well, what I like about that concept, and again, I see 
a big void in, in, in overall in a lot of industry. It's the strive, the, it's the seeking of excellence, the striving to always improve. It seems like a lot of people, they get through college and they feel like, okay, you know, I'm going to get in my job. And then they stop reading. They stop doing research. They stop. It's the yet principle, if you will, of I'm not there yet. That's right. And, you know, it's a lifelong learning process. And there's a big difference in 10 years of experience and one year's of experience 10 times. <laughs> it's the truth. So you got to grow with everything you do. And you got to, you know, a man's reach should exceed his grasp. grasp I think that's what Shakespeare said a long time ago. Uh, you sometimes I shoot for the moon and and I, I don't hit it, but at least I don't blow my foot off. I may hit the barn, but I don't blow my foot off. So you got sometimes you got to stretch yourself. But at least you're shooting. You're shooting. That's a lot exactly. of people ain't shooting. <laughs> That's right. It's like that third call strike. I want to be swinging the bat. I don't want to be called on me. If I if I mess up, I want to be. I want to go down swinging. I don't want to go down with a bat on my shoulder. Well, like you said earlier, even the even the all stars are batting three hundred. That's correct. You know, somebody hits three out of ten. That means they're making seven mistakes out of ten. And they get paid a lot of money. They for get paid. <laughs> so, and that's what you get. And they tried ten times. They hit three. Okay, that's why again, you 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 want people to try new things and, and try different speeds. Pitchers try different pitches. Sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. Well, one other thing that um, we're twenty minutes, twenty one minutes into this, and again, the goal is to try to keep it no later than thirty. There's a couple other things here that I just want you to talk about, and that earlier that really was strong with me was the dream principle. You said you, you felt that people needed to dream. Yeah. Can you expand on that? Yeah, basically, you've got to look out, not not one year, two years, three years. You've got to know where you're going, okay? Uh, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. You've got to have a path. You've got to have a you, you got strategies and you've got tactics. You've got to put your strategies together, and then you put your tactics under them to, so that you accomplish those strategies. But by and large, if you're not looking out for the future, if you're not looking out to where you need to go, uh, you're never going to get there. And and Satchel Page said a long time ago, don't look back, they're gaining. That's right. And, and quite frankly, your competition's getting better. It really is getting better all the time. So you better be getting better every day. That's why we said on our, on our vision statement, we're not as good as we can be, as we will be, or we should be, because we can get better at everything we do. And that way we can drive our costs down. Reliability is a good way to do it. You know, How can I get more widgets with the same hardware to run my unit cost down so I'm more competitive in the marketplace? When I have a downturn in the marketplace, how can I take, not only keep my business, but take my competitor's business because I want to do better. So you got to look at those type of things, and you got to dream ahead. You know, you, uh, turn people loose. Uh, for instance, we had a uh, we had a horizontal caster, and it was old, and it was only running about 50, 60% of the time. We turned a, a couple of people loose. We had a mechanic, electrician, a reliability engineer, and an operator. He said, Sue, because we had a capital project to spend $25 million to replace this caster. For less than $200,000, they got the overall equipment effectiveness set up on that caster to about 75%, which is all we did. Oh, my goodness. So we saved $25 million. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, my God. Talk about empowering your people yeah. and trusting them. And trust them to what to do. And tr- yeah, I mean, that is, that, and I agree 100%. Okay, one other thing here that I want you to get a chance to talk about, you talked about earlier before we went online, was the importance of a positive self-image. You know, you, you got to have a positive self-image about yourself and about other people. You, you can't really fake that. And it goes back to, I, I feel good about me, I feel good about you. People will do things for you that they wouldn't, wouldn't do otherwise. I can pay for the bag, but you got to give me your mind, okay? 
So if I if I don't have a positive self-image about you, you'll do what I'm paying you to do, but you won't think and you won't give me all that I can do to get better at what I do. So you got to have a positive self-image about you and about yourself and about others, and it just shows. I mean, you got a smile on your face. My mama told me a long time ago, if you got a smile on your face, people wonder what you've been up to. I, I believe in being a cheerleader. I believe in making people feel good. Even when things are going bad, you got to be positive about it. you got to correct it. You know, if things went the way they were supposed to go, you could program it, and you wouldn't need anybody. So I like to have a positive self-image and about me and about others because they'll, they'll dig in and do what needs to be done. Well, again, it's, it's almost kind of like what I've heard so, time and time again. What resonates with me is how can you motivate others if you're not necessarily motivated yourself? Or how can you have, how can you create a positive self-image in others if you don't necessarily have it in yourself? But I think you, you get what you, what you, the vibes that you put out, if you have negative vibes and you're putting those vibes out, that's what you're going to reciprocate back. The organization picks it up and that's where they'll go. Exactly. And people dug their heads and put their heads down and just try to stay out of sight, and try, stay, stay out of the, out of the sight of a rifle. They don't want to be shot. So they just stay down. They won't give you much. And, and the way you grow and you and you chase your competitors off is you get better at what you do, and you can't do it by yourself. You got to look at it as I'm only part of a team. You know, I'm I'm only as valuable as as the last person we hired. We get paid differently because we got different responsibilities, but everybody's going to do their job every day, and you got to make it available to them. You got to create an environment where people willingly give you their back and their mind that will give you something, and you you treat everybody the same. You know, I'm not better because I'm the plant manager. No. I'm no better than the last person who was hired in as a laborer. Because if he does his job well, I mean, he just we all roll together. No, and that's true. And I think, it's, again, that goes back to, like I said, at Alcoa, uh, you know, again, everybody knew you, but you had your job, and then everybody else was doing theirs. And it was kind of like, it's almost like, you know, you, you were a big thing of like the chain principle of the link. You're only as strong as your weakest link. That's correct. And I, I, it's not. Oh, I, I'm. We're we're great because of me. It's it's a chain. Yeah. Everybody. Well, absolutely. From the second that down to the secretary that greets people when they walk yeah. in, to say, "Hey, how you doing? Welcome to Alcoa." Hey, listen, those five plants that I ran. If I really wanted to know what was going on, I didn't call the plant manager. <laughs> I called his assistant, Amen. and I would ask her or him, and they would, and that way it goes. That way I trusted those. I trusted the plant manager too, but they would tell me things that he wouldn't tell me because he might be afraid to tell me. He didn't want to get somebody in trouble, so you maintain that relationship with your people. Oh, I agree. I agree, and that's that is that you know that is so true. Uh, again, we're at twenty six minutes. Is there anything else that you can think of that you'd like to? This has been awesome. I mean, I love the bridges. I love the the rules of education. I love say what you mean, dreaming, uh, errors, all of the things that you talked about here. I mean, there's so many great little things that are so important in today's society that, again, it's not commonplace. Is there anything else that you think is really important that you'd like to stress to well, the listening like, audience out you, there? You, you know, you do things right. You do the right thing. You, you know, even when nobody's looking, because somebody's looking, uh, you know, you're on, you're on, you're, you are your own worst enemy. Be open to criticism. Don't take it negatively. You know, don't push back. Anytime you say uh, yes, but you're not learning. Okay. If you say, well, let me explain. You're not learning. Okay. Always be open to making yourself better. Never be too guarded. Again, never be afraid to admit you were wrong. Because if you do, people admit they're wrong to you too. 
again, it gets back to being open, honest, and, and deserving and earning trust. That's that is totally totally awesome, and that is so totally you. And again, all of this rolls off the top of your tongue because this this is how you live, and this is why you've been so successful. And I cannot thank you enough for sharing your wisdom with our listening audience out there. And I hope that uh, they get out of, as much out of this as as I have today. And I cannot thank you enough for participating in this program. It's always a pleasure to to talk to folks about leadership because we want to make the world better. That's true. Well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Bye.